Well, hello and welcome to episode 98 of So Talk to Me podcast. I'm Samantha Broccolo. Hi, Samantha Broccolo. You're supposed to introduce yourself. And I'm Josh. Broccolo. Broccolo. We're married. So we have the same last name. <laughs> We're the Broccolos. Hi. Okay. It's just awkward now. I, I didn't know what you wanted from me. You ruined it. Okay. You ruined it. <laughs> Anyways, episode 98. We made it to 98 mm-hmm. episodes. We're here. Almost 100. Two more weeks. Mm-hmm. That's some cray cray. It'll be right before I go back to school. Yay, school. Mm. Getting your learn it on. Man. Okay, so people, we're fighting some cold allergy crud. Mm-hmm. Um, my voice probably sounds different, and Josh's voice probably sounds different. And you'll probably hear us coughing. Clearing our throats, sniffing, blowing our noses. It happens. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. So this might be a short episode because um, we're not feeling all that great, especially Josh. It's hit him pretty hard. Yeah. It does in the mornings. The last like 20 minutes has hit him pretty hard. (laughs) Well, so. Yeah. In the mornings and in the. The at night, I was gonna say evenings, but no, even evenings are fine. But mornings and night, it's been annoying, which is weird because, like, during the day, I'm like, okay, it's gone, I don't have to worry about it anymore. And then the sun goes down. I wonder what it is about that if it's just like our bodies are tired and so it just affects you more. My immune system just decides to shut down. It's like. (laughs) Oh, no more vitamin D. I'm done for the day. It has to just be, have, have to do with like your energy level. Hmm, maybe. Because that's how it's always been for me too. Like in the morning, I feel horrible. And then in <laughs> the evening, I feel horrible. No, not always. But just like when I'm, when I have allergies particularly <laughs> or like have a cold, there's usually a time in the afternoon where I feel f- fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that just has to do with like my tiredness wearing off and my body gaining energy because I'm, you know, I'm eating, I'm giving it fuel, I'm giving it nutrients. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, and I don't know what I'm talking about. These are just theories. We maybe need to find a scientist. A biologist, friend. maybe? Yeah. Might know a bit more about, you know, the body. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be boring <laughs> to listen to. So we need to like get some energy going, get a little bit of banter going or something. Mm. Come yeah. on, bro. Sorry, I don't know what to say. Gosh. We always start off by talking about like sickness or our kids. So what have our kids done lately? Um, not much. 
Not much. Well, because oh. they haven't been feeling very well either. So we've just been like sitting around not feeling well and uh, trying and resting. Resting. We're well, resting. you say sitting around. What you mean is staying at home. Yes. There's a big staying difference. Staying at home. Yeah. They don't sit they don't, around. Yeah, exactly. They're I still like, up and running around. Yesterday, we were literally chasing each other. That's true. In the evening. It's not really sitting. But yeah, we haven't really left the house much. Yeah. And um, they have discovered the old Raggedy Ann movie from the 70s. Oh, yeah. Raggedy- Is it really that old? Yeah. It's made in 77. Dang. Raggedy Ann and Andy, a musical adventure. I used to watch it as a kid. And wow, it's you're on old. YouTube. <laughs> I'm 30 years old. <laughs> um, But... Yeah, I don't think we ever actually owned the move, like an actual copy of the movie, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I'm pretty sure we like recorded it when it was on TV or something. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> on did a VHS. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's how we had it. Yeah. The old As old do. version of ripping something. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like the edited for TV version anyway, so they cut stuff out, so... Well, I mean, this is a kids' cartoon movie, so yeah. they don't—they didn't cut anything out. I'm sure it—it it, it was riddled with continuity <laughs> errors, you know, as those things are. But yeah, anyways, on Monday we went to uh, my grandparents' house for dinner, and sometimes my grandpa likes to pull out boxes out of storage of like my old stuff for me to take, <laughs> like mm-hmm. here, take this. <laughs> Uh, and um, my Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls were in this box and the kids like went crazy for them, like mm-hmm. loved them and have been carrying them around everywhere since then. Um, and so I, I got curious about the movie if I could find it anywhere and I just looked up, looked it up on YouTube and the whole thing was just there. There you go. On YouTube. <laughs> like, okay. So I showed it to them and they love it. <laughs> and it's weird. Is it? I didn't realize. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't realize what's weird and what's not weird. Yeah. You just that's true. know what's entertaining. Um But yeah, it's it's weird. Like a <laughs> cam I mean the concept isn't weird. I mean it's this nursery of toys that comes to life when people aren't there you know hey toy story right except this was made way before toy story yeah um but i'm pretty sure the concept of toys coming to life has been around for a long long time anyways like voodoo dolls (laughs) weird um there's this camel who just randomly keeps like seeing other camels in the sky singing <clears throat> and telling him to come home. And they never explain it. It's super random. Uh-huh. And when it happens, his eyes like get all rainbowy. <laughs> They're like rainbow colored. Um, And then there's, yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know, someone's imagination just ran wild and they just went with it. 
but yeah, there's like a a taffy pit with like a taffy monster that just is mm. really really greedy and is eating candy all the time. And is... but he's made of candy. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he's a cannibal. Kind of. No yeah. wonder he's a monster. A candyable. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Oh, there's like a portion where they end up in Looney Land. I think that's what it's called. Something like that. And uh, their king is King Cuckoo. And he is trying to keep them uh, and, and Andy and this camel in Looney Land because they make him laugh. And he's a tiny little king. and But he grows bigger when he laughs. So he's like making them stay there to make him laugh so that he gets bigger. Anyways, gotcha. It's it's weird. Does he get small again, like when he's done laughing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, it's a weird movie, but it's yeah. I I loved it as a kid, and they love it too. So yeah, uh-huh. that's Raggedy Ann and Andy. Fun, a what? musical adventure. Adventure. Nice. The songs are catchy though. Yeah. I've been in the room for like the first 10 minutes of the movie twice now. And that's all that I've ever seen of it. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I'm surprised what, what you said that it was made in the 70s just because the animation is pretty good. Yeah, I was surprised that the quality on YouTube was so good. Yeah. Well, I don't know who owns the copyright to Raggedy Ann and Andy or who owns the copyright of that musical adventure. I don't either. But I guess watching something on YouTube isn't much worse than uh, taping it off the TV onto a VHS cassette, right? So. Truth. I guess it doesn't really matter. Truth. It's all, it's just the new fangled version. Well, I guess the new fangled version. Well, no, I don't know. I was going to say it would be just straight up downloading it from the internet. But the, the no, it's a little different because it was actually aired on TV rather than downloading it from the internet. Is yeah. like there was no intention of this ever being broadcast. This was like a personal copy <laughs> that's been literally copied. So, anyways, so, yeah. the legalities of watching videos online. Yep. So since we've been resting this week, I've been showing them. Movies from my childhood. Uh-huh. So watch that. And um, Hercules. Ollie loves Hercules. Yep. After last week, <laughs> you got the itch for Hercules. Mm-hmm. And what else did I make them watch? Uh, the Lion King. Just they like that one. And I got out Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, but we haven't watched it yet. But it's fun. Showing your kids shows that you watched as a kid and them enjoying it. Sort of reliving parts of your childhood over again through your children. That makes sense. (laughs) I just play video games with them. Well, and you've thrown on like Spider-Man or Batman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that does feel good when they they actually enjoy it. Because they protested for quite a while. I had to kind of 
show it to them a few times. But this last time... Well, it's a bit mature for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. But this last time, when I suggested Batman... Because usually that's what I'll do. I don't, like, sit them down and force them to watch anything. Um, but I just kind of suggest it multiple times um, and see what they say. But this last time when I was like, hey, you guys want to watch Batman? Ollie was kind of like, uh, okay. And then we turned it on and I was like waiting, you know, five minutes, waiting for him to be like, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch something else. And he didn't. And he was into it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. It only lasted an episode or two, but that's okay. And I think it was Josie who was like, Let's watch something else. Watch True or something. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the things that they continually watch over and over again. Literally the same episode that she (laughs) requests over and over and over again. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, True is a lot more colorful than Batman. It is. (laughs) So it makes sense. But Maybe that's why they love the Raggedy and an Andy movie, too, because it's very, very colorful. Hmm. Could be. Or they just like weird drug trip movies. It is very, it's kind of trippy. <laughs> no, you said someone with a lot of imagination earlier. And in my head, I'm just thinking, or who was just tripping. On drugs. Yeah. It was the 70s. It's true. That's what you do. You know, it'd be awesome if, it's if we made a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That was not me necessarily having to sniffle. That was a reference to. Cocaine. 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 Sorry. Um, anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Um, well, last week we talked about the gospel, right? And uh, so we were going to move on to the next topic, the next bit of what essential doctrines or whatever. Yeah, we whatever were going to do this series. Grace alone. Grace alone. Um, but we talked on Sunday. And I wanted to do kind of a follow-up to last week because I feel like we kind of explained what the gospel is and talked about its importance, but something that that had been hitting me since we recorded last week is that I don't think we necessarily um, brought it home in like our current context very well, if that makes sense. Um, what I mean like by that cultural context. Yeah. Yeah. Like what does it look like here today? 2019. Like as in America, the culture of the church today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Within the church. Not necessarily just like culture at large, but just. Well, well, I mean, this is, this is kind of a standard, right? We're talking about the gospel itself. So yes, I mean, in, in so much as you lose the gospel, is it really a church any longer? I I mean, like in the culture in general and as Christians, like how we ought to share the gospel Mm -hmm. and as churches, how we ought to present the gospel and kind of what our focus is necessarily. So um, what I, what I wanted to do is kind of a follow-up was just to kind of give some examples and talk about what it looks like because we talked about the importance of the gospel. Like what does it look like when you get the gospel wrong? Um, Which we touched on that a little bit. Yeah, we did. How Paul says that, you know, if you're preaching a different gospel, um, then you are to be accursed. Right. Um, Right. 
And if your your faith is not in Jesus the way that he's presented in scripture, then your faith is, I don't know, invalid. Well, yeah, it's not, well, it's not faith in something. Trying to find the right words. Real. Not coming. There we go. Yeah. It's faith in a false God. God. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but like, what does that look like? Because in theory, okay, I can accept that, but then let's let's take a look at where we see it. And so one of the biggest things that kind of like hit this home for me was um, through a uh, kind of some... Uh, Joshua a, Harris? Yes, exactly. I'm trying to say like, Just you know, we, we usually talk about how like, you know, we're in reformed groups and stuff like that and people talk about things. But I think, I think like a lot of cultural He's pretty widely known. Right, right. Um, his, you know, the book that got him popular, if you don't know him by his name, Joshua Harris, um, he wrote a book in his twenties called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Yes. Right. Um, and that was a book about dating and courtship and marriage and, you know, like it, it supposedly laid down kind of rules for how Christians ought to date, even throwing out that term completely and saying that it ought to be courtship and things like that. And he got, like, that book was huge. Um, I know, yeah, it came out, like, basically at the peak time of, like, purity culture. So it was very... What does that mean? Purity culture? Yeah. Like, just when... It was very, very popular to focus on sexual purity okay like that was a huge huge focus right around like the 90s so it wasn't a focus before then well i mean it's always been biblical yeah to be sexually pure but like the way that it was harped upon is like it was an unforgivable sin just in the 90s? It made a great peak in the 90s, I would say. Like that that whole culture of like, you know, purity rings and okay. um, just really, really focusing on sexual purity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's a, I, yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't taken a look at that before but it just seems and and maybe it's probably because i grew up in the 90s so it's like i don't really know anything else mm-hmm. um it would seem to me that that like christianity has always kind of like that has been because the bible's um sexual ethic is so clear that that it seems like that's always been a part of christianity although no i agree with you like yeah purity rings where it seems like it's something that's happened in the morning. I mean, like I equate purity rings with like WWJD bracelets, you know, right. <laughs> like all that was kind of, you know, I, I guess the height of like the Christian bookstore movement, <laughs> if that <laughs> makes sense, where it's not like these treatises on like Christian doctrine, but it's more just like, 
hey, come to your, you know, you're part of a Christian church and all your friends are Christians, so come to the Christian bookstore and get your Christian uh, knickknacks and things and books to put on your Christian bookshelf uh, while you're listening to your Christian music right. in your Christian car. But, like, the way that it was treated was very, like, wasn't Christ-like, was more pharisaical, if that makes sense. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Like, where where do you see that? Well, the Christ-like example I see in Scripture <laughs> through Jesus. Well, yeah. Um, but, um, like, the pharisaical examples would be... Um, just the way that a lot of preachers would talk about sexual purity. Like there were so many different, um, I don't know, little tools that were used, but like one was like the rose where um, like a pastor would, you know, take a rose throw it out um into the crowd or whatever and it would come back you know he would tell everyone to touch it and it came back you know all mangled and like broken Mm. because it's delicate and everyone was touching it um and then be like now see this like who wants this like no one wants uh, talking about a woman or Mm. someone who's promiscuous like no one wants someone like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or there was also, I think, of, I remember this happening in our church, a, mm. a jar where like if you, um, I can't remember if you started with an empty jar or a full jar. But anyways, uh, I think it was a full jar. And then you'd pass it around and each person would take whatever, maybe it was like, I don't remember what was in the jar, pebbles or something. I don't know. Would take something out of the jar. And then at the end, you would only have however much was left in your jar to give to your spouse mm-hmm. because you gave everything else yeah, to other people. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> those are wrong. They're wrong. Like those are wrong examples to paint because you're talking about actual people. Yeah. <laughs> um, who have eternal souls <laughs> mm-hmm. and who have feelings. <laughs> Um, and who are made in God's image. Yeah. And so it, it's wrong to paint people in that sort of light of not being worth anything anymore. Yeah. If they've been promiscuous. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny that we've come down this road. It's, it's my fault because I've, I've been asking questions, um, <laughs> but just cause like this was not supposed to be the focus of, of our episode and we'll get back on track in just a second. Um, but I think, I think this actually kind of um, encapsulates kind of a thought that I had pretty well of like, maybe it's just the way that I look back on. I'm sorry. When I said our church, I meant the one that we came from, not the one we're, yeah. we're at now. Yeah. I just no, want no, no. to make that very Back clear. when we were teenagers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I mean, I think there are a number of things. What what, what I was going to say is that I, looking back on high school and like the things that I was taught in high school, um, I remember a lot of the principles. I don't necessarily remember the way that they were taught. 
so I think the principle is true that like if I mean basically if you're not a virgin when you're married like sex is not going to be as special um in in a certain way I don't way. think that's true you don't think that's true no you don't think that only having sex with one person your spouse um is not the like the ideal that there's like I well I sure would say, that's the ideal I would but say because but because that's what God commands yeah. is for us to be right and pure. he and he wants to protect us from right from yeah being promiscuous but and, I don't and think damaging that. that. Your spouse should look at you that way and is, yeah. oh, this isn't as special because you gave this to someone else however long ago. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, they, I th- they shouldn't I, hold it I against you. I think it matters the way that you phrase that. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And it, I do think that there's a kernel of truth there. Like there's a principle there that I would agree with, even if the way that it's taught is wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, the principle like, is be holy as I am holy. Yeah. Um, God calls us to conduct ourselves a certain way. Yeah. Um, and we should want to do that because we love Christ and we want to obey Him. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. That doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, loving Christ does. Obviously, we wouldn't love him unless we were saved. Um, but that's the way it sort of came off. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Instead, of, Yeah. Instead of, like, talking about how God's ways, like, are actually beneficial, like, they are actually for us and our flourishing it was more focusing on well if you mess up you're going to be scarred the rest of your life yeah like or you're hellbound if you you know well yeah taking it to that extreme but i don't think i seriously don't remember being taught that it was ever that bad i mean like i remember not where in we particular, were right thankfully but yeah. yeah yeah i remember in particular like a couple that had gotten pregnant while they were dating that like they came before the church and confessed it and got married and like it wasn't i don't know wasn't like held against them so anyways i'm saying i'm saying like i don't yeah i don't want to paint that church in a bad light because we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast like i learned a lot there that was like where i pretty much where like my relationship with christ became my own so i don't want to demean the church necessarily but i think it's right to yeah call out where where it was wrong um okay cool so so i guess those are some thoughts on purity culture in general (laughs) so um so the whole thing with joshua harris recently Mm -hmm. if you haven't heard which (laughs) i'm sure you have if you're listening to this podcast you're probably at least in one group that's talked about it um (laughs) So he he wrote that book in his twenties, and and I will say a lot of I I, I read that book in high school. It was mm-hmm. recommended to me by our youth pastor. Mm-hmm. So a lot of kind of what was yeah, taught. I read it as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what was taught. In, we had to read it if we wanted to be on the worship team. Really? Yes. 
I don't remember that. That's yep. kind of crazy. Because we weren't allowed to date if we were on the worship team. Right. I do remember that. And again, I, again, my it's my recollection that um, that it wasn't uh, like I I remember the principles. I don't remember exactly what was said. And the principle was always like, "You're too young to get married, so why even start dating? So focus on your relationship with Christ." Um, Which I think is just shallow. Like, okay. Yeah. Instead of just trying to like keep us from having those relationships, show us how to have those relationships correctly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it was wrong and done not well. Interesting. At all. Cause I, I think it goes both ways. I think they were, I mean, like even having you read that book, they were trying to explain a better way to, to date in the book. It's called courtship. Um, Except that we weren't allowed to do it. Right. Right. So that's why I'm saying it's both. Which and. he didn't have the like, power to tell us to do or not do. Well, no. And there were plenty of kids who dated in high school that went to the youth group. Just They just weren't on like the worship team. I feel like you're looking at this through rose-colored Exactly. Glasses. Well, that's what I'm saying <laughs> earlier is like these are the things like my memories are. Yeah, they they are like tainted, I guess. I don't I don't recall like things being so harsh i i thought it was more well i don't like, like at the time i i agreed with all of it yeah. you know i was down with it um it was fine to me but like knowing what i know now <laughs> like looking back and just like wow that was over the line that didn't make any sense that was wrong hmm. um interesting that was extra biblical and wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was extra biblical. But I mean, I think that you can also like set your own standards. That's fine. You also, I mean, gosh, we're getting into they should be biblical. Again, standards, we're going down though. this this line um, of you have to. You also have to consider like the demographics of the church. It was in like a. a uh how do you how do i say this a it was a poorer part of town yes there you go it was a poorer part of town and and a lot of the kids who came went to like poorer schools in the area a lot of the high schools had like daycares and stuff so yeah. like so talking about sex was something that like they yes he focused on that i say he our youth pastor like focused on that because a lot of the kids were dealing with that you know what i mean so like but just like yes he went too far yeah in putting those standards there but it was because like there was a lot of that stuff going on frankly but with teenagers like when you just focus on like rules and regulations you're shaking your head. It, it just no one, doesn't No one work. can hear that. No one can hear you. You were I mean, shaking your with head. With just no. people in yeah. general, like if you just focus on rules and regulations, right. it's just not going to work. Yes. The, 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 the I agree, Bible, it's the, the wrong. gospel has to be the center of it. Yes. I because agree. otherwise then you're not going to have the understanding of, oh, I should do this this way because it's glorifying to God and I love God and I want to be obedient to him right instead of 
oh, I have to do this or I can't be on this team in the youth group or yeah. I have to do this um, or I'm going to be looked upon as like a harlot in you know the youth group. You know, whatever. Just like... Again, I don't think that was the case. You must have been very sheltered. <laughs> I guess so. I remember I guess- a lot of talk going on. Okay. Maybe it was mostly among girls. I don't know, but... Maybe, because, yeah, I I remember that happening multiple times. Anyways, um, I mean, I I think it's okay to set standards, um, but I completely agree with you that that the gospel is what ought to have been preached before the standards, you know? And I think that what you just said is a perfect segue coming back to where we wanted to take this conversation (laughs) is so Joshua Harris, who wrote this book, um, you can, you know, read his life story or whatever, but he became a pastor, um, and then stepped away from ministry to go to school, um, to go to seminary. And he recently, just a couple weeks ago announced that he and his wife are divorcing. Um, and then follow that up about a week later saying that the reason that they're divorcing is because he no longer considers himself a well, Christian. Well, it didn't say there, that that was the reason. He just also mentioned that he's doesn't consider yeah, himself that there a was Christian. Yeah, there was a piece of information that he had let, left out mm-hmm. in his previous announcement. So I guess, yeah, I'm connecting the dots there. It sounded to me like that was why they were divorcing because he said, Basically, he should have said, or yeah, it was in the context of last week I said right. that we're I just divorcing. don't want to speculate when that wasn't clearly laid out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but he had kind of alluded to that. Regardless, he no longer considers himself a Christian. And so, um, of course, this raises all kinds of questions. Um, you know, can someone who... It, we've talked about... Um, perseverance of the saints that we do believe if that if God has saved you that he will keep you until the end right so and what does that mean um in in a circumstance like this where the man like pastored a church for multiple years like does that mean that um that you know he was unsaved while that was happening does that mean the people under him you know there's lots of questions that can come from that um that we're not gonna address tonight. (laughs) Um, What I wanted to focus in on is in light of our conversation about what the gospel is um, and him in particular, like what he was known for, um, Joshua Harris, he was known for this book that wrote these rules on how to date as a Christian. Um, And again, I haven't read the book since high school, so it could be good. It could be bad. Again, I think there are principles that you can pull from it. I think there are helpful principles that you can pull (laughs) from it, even if it goes too far. Um, But regardless, when you build a ministry around a book, when you build a ministry around um, a message of legalism, um, you lose the gospel. Uh, And and I... you know, you said that you don't want to, you know, speculate and go too far. Um, I, I too want to be charitable. So I can't say that that's what his ministry was built off of. 
Um, but at the same time, um, you get this sense of like, if that, if he got popular off writing, you know, this book of rules basically, um, and now he, he's no longer a Christian, like somewhere along the line, he got the gospel wrong. Yeah. And when you're, when your church, so, so stepping away from Joshua Harris in particular, but when a church is built on something uh, other than the gospel, you end up losing the gospel. So even when it's, even when it's something that's good, because God gives us so many good things, um, because God's way, like God is altogether good. And so when we follow him, when we follow his law, um, thing are, we, we flourish in general. I mean, it's like wisdom literature, right? That teaches us right living because it's God's way of living. So I'm saying there are myriad benefits in following God. Um, the, the primary benefit is what we have eternally. I mean, that is the central focus is again, the gospel is our salvation in Christ and that we get to have relationship with God because of what he has done. Um, but there are lots of other good things because of that. Um, if we follow God's ways, then we don't get into all kinds of other trouble, um, that, you know, that you can get into when you follow a life of sin. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think, I think of other things, other good things that come from churches. Um, things like, uh, groups that focus on grief, you know, something like a grief share group, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, I think of like service projects and things you can do around your city to serve your city. That's another good thing. Um, I think of e even something like mom's day out or something like that, you know, taking care of your kids so you can have some time to go, you know, do something else. Um, th those are good things. But when the church becomes about those things, right. it becomes about the benefits of following God rather than God himself yeah. as seen in the gospel. Focuses on the gifts rather than, rather than the giver. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that is losing the gospel because your focus is no longer about what God has done. It's no longer about God treasuring Christ. It's no longer about the, the central purpose, the, the, the central aspect of Christianity, like we talked about last week. Um, I feel like I'm kind of fumbling over my words, but like the Again, we, we talked about the importance uh, of what the gospel is last week. And, and so I just wanted to kind of touch on how, how I've seen this in a couple different ways, right? Um, the whole Josh Harris thing kind of exemplified it. And, and it was because we've been talking about the gospel. But it's like, if, if your focus is something other than the gospel as a church entity or group or something like that, um, it's, not, it's not bad to focus on on or or to have emphases on certain things especially like parachurch groups and stuff like that if you're if you mobilize a, a church group to do one to serve the homeless in your city you know something like that Th that's a good thing to do 
but when you start when when you start preaching to people that this is what Christianity is, then you've completely changed your focus. That that is a false gospel if right. you are not sharing the true gospel. If the true gospel is not at the core of that act, then it is a godless act. It is it is mere um legalism right yeah. it's trying to do a good thing without knowing uh who without knowing why <laughs> right because like you said we ought to be attempting to follow god what god says and god's law because we know him because we know his goodness um and because we know it's it's what he wants and it's out of a love for him rather than just to accomplish some good deed yeah it reminds me of that saying uh how does it go exactly it's like something like show them the gospel and if necessary use words or something uh-huh. like yeah, that Yeah, preach the gospel if necessary use words there you go mm-hmm. yeah um and you you can't preach the gospel without using words mm-hmm the words are necessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I um, mean, you can show love and you should show love to other people through right. serving them, but the gospel has to accompany that. Otherwise it's just hollow good deeds. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I don't hate that quote like some do, but I, I agree. It. I agree. It's not, it's not the gospel. Um, I think it's a poor choice of words. I think, I think what that quote is saying is like, um, is like scripture says, um, be ready to give an account for the hope that is within you. So I think it's, it's focusing on like, you know, making sure that you are showing, like you said, the love of Christ to people. But I agree. That's not the gospel. Um, doing good things is not the gospel. Showing people love is not the gospel. Because even those be who on toes there, claim but. to hate God can show love to other people, can yeah. do quote unquote good deeds, can feed the hungry, can, you know, clean up someone's house. You know, like they can do good deeds, but it's it's hollow. It's not for god's glory it's It's, right it's it's for this life only it's not going to save them right right not eternally um so that that's why it's so important that we know the gospel and that it is our central focus is because it's so easy and it's funny because it's it's almost like um it's it's so easy to follow to fall into the trap of seeing the good things that God gives his people and chasing after that yeah rather than God himself um and another just to throw out another example is um so you know being a, a tech guy at a church I'm a part of a bunch of tech groups church tech groups and uh on Sunday um, I was scrolling through Facebook and someone posted a video of, and, and again, it was a, it was a production tech group. So I get it. They were showing off, you know, their light show and, and stuff that was going on stage because they had just finished up a series on God at the movies. And so they showed this medley. It was like a five minute video. 
it was a medley of a bunch of songs that they're that they were performing and it started off with ghostbusters and it was this guy decked out in a full ghostbuster like this was a sunday morning in a sunday morning service they did the ghostbusters theme song and this guy jumping around the stage in a ghostbusters costume and they did uh i can't remember what the other songs were something from uh the the greatest showman which the more that i thought about that i was like wait 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 it's literally a a movie about a guy who performs and like like it it's a showman like that's the last thing you want to do on a sunday morning is to so anyways um if this I, podcast was video recorded you could see the absolute disgust on my face yeah yeah so like again context matters because i saw this in a group that was focused on the production of this thing so you know the light show and you know the way it sounded and things like that from a technical production standpoint it was it was really cool that they were able to pull it off but it honestly like it made me sad to see like this is what the church is selling entertainment exactly because that's what it was because if it was and you know personally if that was a if that was a saturday night and they just invited people out to see him perform like that's cool that's fine i'm i'm totally cool with something like that happening in the context of putting on a production that's awesome i totally get why he'd dress up like a ghostbuster and prance around on stage because it's funny you know like it's it's just fun um i get that but in the context of like the Lord's Day, on the con- in the context of of church, like you have what an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours if your if your church services still go two hours, to to dedicated to worshiping the Lord exactly, exactly, and and instead you you want to perform for the people in the room like that just it made me sad, and I get the argument that. Oh, well, we do these things to attract people who don't normally come to church, so it's easier to invite your friends. So basically like a bait and switch, right? It's, it's a, deceptive. Yes. It, it's, it's deceptive, and it's not worship. Right. And it's just for the purpose of entertainment. It's it's entertainment, right. And that, I, I'm hard-pressed, I... I I think that distracts from a gospel presentation. Like to me for, for that, for that five minute video, I saw absolutely no mention of the gospel. Now, do you have to mention the gospel every five minutes in a church service? I mean, not necessarily, you don't have to spell it out, but, but it I needs think to be the center. It ought to be evident why you're there. Right. It needs to be the center. Yeah. Like, no one's going to walk away remembering, uh, I don't know, a five-minute gospel presentation after some garbage like that, like putting on some prancy-dancy show. Like, Sorry, I'm a little upset. <laughs> you are, because um, I wouldn't call it garbage. Again, I, the context was wrong Again, from, from a production It was garbage standpoint. for the context. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like... That's no one's going to remember. Like yeah. no one's going to be focused. I, I don't see how that 
preaches the gospel, and also as someone in tech, I understand how much work goes into something like that. <laughs> like how much those performers had to in vain. rehearse for the for the sake of uh, in vain of entertainment like that for vanity's sake. Yes, and so <gasps> it. it <laughs> But thinking about this from a, from the standpoint of the of what we ought to be doing on Sunday morning, um, preaching the gospel to each other, right, um, and worshiping God, like it it just struck me of like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, if this is if this is what our churches are like, what are we what are we presenting? It are is what we are presenting the gospel. Um, and so that's what I wanted to talk about today was what this looks like in a modern context is like, is that slow descent towards a focus on something else on some other secondary issue, whether it's issues of sin, whether it's issues of prosperity, whether it's, um, entertainment, like these are all different categories that again can be good in their own contexts, but when they overshadow, they overtake the gospel itself. When they become the primary instead of the secondary, right, right. It it removes like the primacy of the gospel and what we ought to be preaching. Is that primacy oh. or primacy? Uh, depending if you're in America or if you're across the pond. Okay. <laughs> so Carl Truman would probably say primacy. Primacy, yeah, like <laughs> privacy, like privacy. Um, it's also privacy um, or controversy <laughs> for controversy because, you know, that's just how they say it over there, which is different. That's a nice way of putting it. Okay, well, hopefully... I've driven that point home. We've driven that point so, home. So gospel just, good, not gospel bad. Yes. And of course there's going to be a, you know, a, it's, it's hard to paint a hard line because we do want to talk about the benefits of following Christ. Right. right? There's no reason not to. We do want to talk about following what God has prescribed in scripture and like you said be holy for i am holy like yeah that's something we want to strive for paul himself said follow me as i follow christ right we want to be able to to do that we want to bless the cities that we are in but how many times did paul say something like that as in comparison to how many times he focused on the gospel <laughs> right right well well i think the problem is also that when you're um, when your, for lack of a better term, your attraction, like when what gets your people fired up is, you know, following a certain rule, you know, because we're all rule followers or following a political candidate or mm-hmm. doing a certain good thing in the city, serving the homeless or something like that. If that's what's getting people like riled up, you could have a problem unless you know it, it could look different certainly but like are, are are you doing that for the gospel is that what um is what's attracting people to what you're doing what you're saying 
and I'm thinking of this in the church context, like the things that you're doing, or is it the gospel message? Is it the truth of what Christ has done? Mm -hmm. Because that will cause us to do good things, to seek to live lives that are pleasing lawful, to God. pleasing yeah. to God, that are holy. Yeah. Um, it will result in those things, but because we know the one who is because correct said doctrine things, results in correct devotion. Right. Right. And when you when you divorce it from the gospel, that it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing to get someone um, won over to Christianity. And I'm I'm using that term just as Paul said. You know, I win people mm -hmm. um, to the gospel, not. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's it's a dangerous thing to win them over by anything else than the, gospel. Than the gospel. Yeah. Um, even when it's something good, even when it's something you know, like because then community. you haven't won them to the gospel, <laughs> right? You've won them to your cause, right? Which without... or to entertainment or to whatever, yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. So, um, so this can be a very, very sinister thing. And I just felt like we didn't necessarily touch on that very strongly last week. We talked about how the gospel is important, um, but it, it was just really hit home for me over the past week of like, man, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of things going on in our current evangelicalism um, that is not the gospel. And we need a modern while it can reformation. Be good, well, I mean, <laughs> they can be good things and, and, you know, will we always know where the line is? No, but it does mean that, you know, like you said, we need to be preaching the gospel with words, right? We need to be um, talking with the people in our groups. Um, and I say this like small group and churches and things like that, like actually making sure that our people know the gospel, that our making friends disciples. know the gospel. Right, exactly. Um, not just that they're in it for uh, life change in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this has been beneficial. Hopefully this has made you think. Um, maybe it's even a little convicting because I know it has been for me also, just even looking through it. It's like, yeah, where do I like defer this to other things? Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Hopefully it hasn't been hard to follow. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. we've kind of jumped around a little bit. Yes, <laughs> so. just a little. And hopefully my stuffy nose hasn't been too annoying. Um, but if you have any suggestions or comments or questions for us, you know, for our upcoming uh, Ask Me Anything episode in just a couple weeks, um, you can email us at sotalktomepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. Um, we have an Instagram and our handle on, on there is so talk to me podcast. And we also have a Facebook page. So talk to me podcast. We'd love to yep. hear from you. Like us on Facebook, like follow us. us on Facebook so follow that us. you can uh, watch our live show. Yeah. It's going to be good. It'll be there on our Facebook. If you know us personally, then we'll probably be sharing it as well. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Come hang out in two weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any, I don't know, recos? Um, no. Oh, okay. Neither do I. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I don't think, did I talk about it last week? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. Um, I've been reading a couple Nancy Guthrie books. 
Did I mention? Oh, no, you didn't mention that. No. Okay. So um, I will mention the the last one that I read by her is, um, it's a recent book. It's called Better Than Eden. And it was fantastic. Um, it like I felt like it just kept getting better and better. She does such a great job. Like basically what it is, is taking themes from um, Eden, like from the story in Genesis of Eden and seeing different things in that story and tracing those certain things, whatever they were. Um, so whether it was something like offspring or children and tracing that through the scriptures um, or marriage or um, even the, the, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I was going to say the snake, but it wasn't necessarily the snake. Anyways, um, my mind is going, I'm sorry guys, it's late and I don't feel well. Um, no, cause the fall wasn't, it, it, yeah. So anyways, she just takes different themes from Eden and then shows how they're played out through scripture and how heaven will be better than like Eden. We are not returning to Eden. That was not God's plan. It is that we it's actually Zion. get something. Yeah. Even better because of what God has done. And it, it's a really like it's 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 a nice um uh readable book if that makes sense because some of the concepts it can seem like it can get kind of like in the weeds but she does a really good job of of explaining it so um better than eden by nancy guthrie that's my recommendation i like her yeah she's great how about you you got any recommendations? well you said a couple of books what was the other one um what was the other one the what um, your grieving friends wish you knew about grief or something like that. Yeah. It was a book on grieving. Mm-hmm. It was also really good. Um, but I didn't necessarily want to talk about both of them. Oh, okay. So you had but, just yeah. mentioned books. Yes. You had you had mentioned yes. multiple. Anyways. I guess that's it for tonight. <laughs> no recommendations? Uh I can't think of anything. Okay. Cool. All right. Lots well, of con- Controversy. 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 Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Going on. Uh oh. That's what well, you'd just, recommend? No, 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 <laughs> Just with like the Joshua Harris stuff and then the founders, whateverness. And so just lots of controversy. Yeah. I just like saying it. I just wanted <laughs> to say it again. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go get some rest. Thanks, so. Carl Truman, for <laughs> giving me a fun new word. He's to the say. only British guy you listen to. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any others. Yeah. You know, I mean, besides, I mean, I've been watching Father Brown, but that so ah. there's lots of British people in that. But <laughs> as far as theologians go, Carl's the only one I can think of with a British accent at the moment <laughs> that I listen to. So, yeah. All right. I would recommend The Mortification of Spin. There you go. I think I'm pretty sure I've recommended that before. But I'm sure. <laughs> I just really love their podcast. Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt and Amy Bird. They're awesome. So, yeah. listen to them. Sweet. All right. Well, till next week, homies, we'll catch you later. Go talk to your spouse. Go talk to your spouse.
Hey guys, I wanted to clarify something. I'm sitting here editing the episode and re-listening to some of the things that I said, and I wanted to clarify something that we, when we were talking about purity culture, that I said that I don't think I said the right way, that um, what was in my head I don't think came out very well, um, and it was about kind of my my view on you know, like the, the, the principles of purity culture in general, um, and, and the idea of having previous sexual partners before marriage. So while what we discussed about purity culture, I do disagree with, I think Samantha was actually better in this episode in kind of explaining the problems with it than I was. Um, and while I agree with her, what, what I was trying to say was that I do think having multiple sexual partners degrades the value of sex because that is something that is particularly created for the marriage relationship. And I do think that having multiple partners is damaging. Like it is something that as a married person, you are going to have to work through um, because you had sinned in that way and you know something psychologically and physiologically um you are in a sense binding yourself to someone else the scripture talks about the two becoming one now obviously that's in the context of marriage as well but we see that picture physically in the act of sex but while i do believe that that is damaging i also believe that there is redemption in christ so what i said easily could have been taken as, yeah, no, you're damaged. And um, so you're just going to have to work through it. You're just going to have to deal with it. I I apologize. Please forgive me if I came off that way and callous in that way. I I didn't mean to. Um, I do believe that there is redemption and full restoration in Christ. So hopefully that clarification helps. Um, And if it doesn't for you, at least it does in my mind, because I, yeah, I just want to be clear that I, you know, we are new creations in Christ. We can, no matter our past sins, um, you know, we talked about purity in this episode, (laughs) guys, we all have our own sins that we have to deal with that damage us in different ways. I am a sinner. Um, although I'm, I'm, you know, a new creation in Christ, but there are still particular sins that I struggle with and that I have to deal with. So I don't, I hope that I don't come off as someone who is holier than thou. So hopefully this clarification has been helpful um, to you because I I just really felt like I needed it because it kind of came off a little harsh.